Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hi, my name is India Oerbacher. I'm from Switzerland. I'm 28 years old, and I'm doing drag racing with the Top Field Dragster, which is basically the fastest car that we have on Earth. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tessa Wittick, and I am a drift driver and stunt driver. I've been doing that for about 11 years now. Hi, I'm Stacey Lee May from South Africa, and I'm a drifter, spinner, and stunt driver. And I'm Sarah, and I stunt motorcycles. I come from Sweden. <laughs> Maybe should have said that. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Well, hello, and welcome to the latest Driven Chat Podcast. My name is John Marker, and I'm sat in a very exciting technical room with none other than my co-host Rachel Downey. Hey Rach. Hey. How you doing? I've never said hey to you before hey. in my life. <laughs> I have no idea why I decided to do that. But hey, hey. how are you? Hey, oh, well, I'm, I'm very good. I mean we've walked into a recording studio without any requirement to set up any equipment so I'm oh. immediately delighted. Yeah, it's uh, good. It's surrounded by microphones and desks so yeah, huge thanks to Monster Energy for setting this up for us because this is great makes our life very easy um but yeah i thought we'd uh, i'd set the scene rachel and i have been invited along to monster energy hq here in uh, just outside london in the uk and as you've just heard there we have a collection of voices athletes on well who are here represented by monster who all do something really exciting and really different in the car world so a big welcome to india stacy lee sarah and tessa hi 
<laughs> now this Hello, is you lovely people. <laughs> I said before we started recording that this is by far the mm. biggest collection of voices we've ever had on one episode. So um, yes. bear with me, dear listener. It's going to be uh, a challenging edit, but we'll get there. You all seem you know relatively well behaved and not shouting at each other, which is great. So, yeah. So um, it's going to be uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a, an interesting episode because I want to unpick aspects of all of your career and what's got you sat in this room just outside London to talk about the sport that you do. Uh, it's worth putting a little disclaimer down. Tessa and I have known each other for, we were trying to work it out, were we 11, 12 years? I think so. Maybe, which is yeah. alarmingly long time. It is really. Yeah. In the world of cars and drifting. But everyone else is a stranger, so, yeah. uh, and I'll pretend that you're a stranger, Tess, so That's that fine. we can get to know you too. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so I'm going to start with you, Tess. Oh, God. Yeah, get you out of the way first. Lovely. Um, why don't you tell us a bit more about mm. your profession and how you got here and what it's like being represented by Monster? Well, um, cut a long, boring story short, when I was about 14 years old, I think I was, um, I went to Santapod and got into a drift taxi as a passenger mm-hmm. in an R32 Skyline. Nice. Literally from that day forward, I was like, oh my gosh, this is epic. Um, Fast forward when I was 19, 20, I loved my off-roading and actually learned how to drift in a Suzuki Vitara on muddy fields. Um, Yeah, that was fun. And then bought my Skyline, my R33 Skyline when I was 21. Kind of taught myself to went back to um, Santapod for Drift What You Brung days and got to know people there, trial and errors myself really, taught myself how to drift and it's gone leaps and bounds. Took myself over to Europe, um, <clears throat> went and became did, did King and Queen of Europe and then, yeah, it it's taken me on my journey and unbeknownst to me monster energy were watching me quite closely i think and the following two years after i signed with monster so amazing yeah amazing can i ask what age were you when you thought i want to do this as a career was it 14 when you first got into the car was it when when did that light bulb moment happen um i crazy enough so i worked in london for many years um 11 years to be precise and it was always just a, a hobby. Mm. And my my chill out, because I worked in investment banking, so occasionally I got to go out and go and blow my mind, really, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. Um, and then I was doing it more and more, um, driving more and more, and then I was like, you know what, I'm going to give this a real, real shot. Mm. Um, and I got an opportunity, like I, I uh, worked at, oh gosh, where was it? <clears throat> Some drift schools um, and things. And I said to my other half, Martin, it's like, I would love to, to be able to run my own drift academy and things like that. And happened to be now that I've got my own drift academy. Oh, wow. And then it's gone from leaps and bounds with that really as well. So I've, yeah, got my own drift academy now. I'm semi-professionally drift for for a living I suppose and then stunt driving on top which is which has also helped in in the world because of what I do 
because of being noticed for mm. what I do, I think. so. And why was it important for you to do the Drift Academy? What was it about that? Um, just because I think I didn't have that accessibility when I was starting out. And obviously motorsport is an expensive thing to grasp and get get into in the first place and I went all sort of guns blazing to to begin with <laughs> I bought my own car and I was very brand heavy on good brands so I wanted everything nice on my car and yeah that then was like oh bank balance oh that's not nice um, <laughs> but I also want to give back and I mm. I have such an amazing feeling when somebody learns something and it finally clicks in their head it's it's such an amazing feeling um yeah if you can teach somebody something that is your passion your your career it's winning at life yeah I totally agree I really do and when you work as a um with all the stunts what's that like you know is that is that do you get the same buzz from doing that as you do the other side thing there's there's a hell of a lot more pressure because you're usually you've got one or two shots that you can make these things yeah make the car do this specific thing um and then either the car's broken or (laughs) in some of the things that I've done it's been pretty pretty crazy but it's it's an amazing buzz but I feel like I have to g myself up a hell of a lot more when I'm doing the stunts because of that very time limited mm-hmm. aspect, I think. And there's so much more pressure because you have cameras and things that cost millions and you're like, I need to do this right. I need to do this right. Oh, you're obviously good with pressure because I'm <laughs> <laughs> absolutely useless. Absolutely useless. Aww. It's exciting though, the, the stuff you do in the movies. I, I'm going to be careful with what I say because I know that there's sometimes crazy yes. film world you can't say certain things but no, no. you've worked on some really cool productions haven't you yeah which, I have which to ones say. are you allowed to say um the mission impossible That's one good, that i'm allowed to say but there's been um another couple that i've done most recently which are very cool at, at the same time too so yeah. but my biggest stuff that i have done in a hummer h2 military vehicle is in mission impossible and was the best thing ever <laughs> it really was incredible um india where did this mad world start for you <laughs> well um i grew up with it so i was the first time at the racetrack when i was three weeks old three my, weeks old yeah wow. my dad is doing it since yeah since 35 years wow so yeah i basically grew up with it and i started racing by myself back in 2016 Mm-hmm. and went for the big ones in 2018, 2017, 18. Wow. So, yeah. And so tell us more about your sport specifically. So you're drag racing, is that right? Yeah, like we're drag racing, and I'm in the top class of drag racing, top fuel dragsters, which are basically, as I already said, the fastest cars. We have up to 11,000 horsepowers, and we drive... <laughs> 318 miles per hour, which is our European record. 318 miles per hour. Yeah, in <laughs> 3.8 seconds. So it's it's like we have from zero to 100 kilometers per hour, we have 0.6 seconds. Oh my. So yeah, it's pretty fast. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, 
it's a crazy world it's a crazy sport mm. it's an extreme sport yeah. but it's basically one of the best things when you look back at everything you've achieved so far do you have one particular like memory that you love more than anything is there anything that particularly stands out yeah definitely the european record yeah. it was like i was running the car down there and i was just realizing wow this was a false one this was a really fast mm. one yeah and it blew off my whole body like all okay. my side panels went off the car because i had so much pressure inside this car and i was like i'm losing like all of my car steering it down there like what is going on wow. and then i was just staying there and was like okay it was a fast one but my car is some kind of broken the engine is still looking okay which is good, so yeah. it wasn't an expensive one. <laughs> but the panels are away, and then I just hear my guys. It took so long to for them to get back to the finish line, and I was like, oh, what happened? Yeah. They were celebrating, obviously. Oh. They were just <laughs> jumping on each other, and then they just came back to the fin top end, and they were screaming around, jumping out of the car, running to oh, me, throwing me in the air. And this is one of the best feelings. And when I went back to the pits, my dad was staying there almost oh. crying because like, it was the biggest team achievement as well, not only for me. Yeah. So yeah, this is definitely one of the best moments. Your dad must be so proud. Did you ever feel pressure from your dad or did you put any pressure on yourself to maybe live up to what he's achieved or to prove I, yourself? I did in the beginning mm. because like he left me some massive footsteps. He's mm. a six time European champion. Big footsteps. Yeah, yeah. like massive Huge. ones. <laughs> so um, yeah, I had a lot of pressure, but I did it by myself. Mm. And I never had pressure from my dad, neither from my mom or my team. So everyone is, if you want to do it, you can do it. We're going to do it in a professional way. We're not going to choke around because it's so dangerous. Mm. And so they always supported me but they never put pressure on me, so, which was really good, since yeah. I am just had the chance to tell myself, okay, you don't have to, but you can, and I always wanted to. That's an amazing way of looking at it, because it can, the pressure of what you do anyway, is yeah. highly pressurized, and then <laughs> yeah. adding extra pressures from family or this, yeah. but instead they're all very supportive. Yeah, no, they're like, all of them are very mm. supportive, also the fans and like mm. the team. I mean, it's, it's basically the, the guys that work for my father since like almost 30 years. They just jumped over to my team and said, okay, you want to drive, we'll support you as well because we know you since your baby and oh, we're wow. one big family and okay. there we go. So it was not only my family, like I always say I have my family and then I have my family, my race family, which yeah, is yeah, just yeah. a little bit bigger. Yeah, it's in your blood though, isn't it? Yeah, really? it's, yeah. In every it which is. way, in everyone's blood. Yeah. That's true, yeah. One of the things I want to know, because I always find it fascinating when we speak to uh, drivers who, especially those who have come from a family of competitive motorsport, and it's really interesting finding out who has mum or dad that's been in the sport professionally beforehand, if mum or dad are supportive of it, of, yeah, I want you to go and have a go at this, or the ones that are like, I know how dangerous this is, so I do yeah. not want my baby now mm -hmm. going out and risking their life. What was it like for you and, and the family? Were they supportive or were they unsure at first? Well, basically it was my dad and my mom both said like, no. Really? No, <laughs> no. Like I, I called them and said, hey, I want to start driving. My father was, are you stupid? No, this is so, this is so dangerous. Actually. No way. Like, oh, okay. But the thing is, I had a friend of us of the family who's, who once told me, if you ever want to go 
for racing, I will pay your first license. Uh-huh. Wow. So I was smart enough to call him and say, <laughs> yeah, hey, <Kika>. Martin, <laughs> yeah. I want to start. I'm going to cash that in now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He already, like, he just sent me the text and, okay, I'm going to pay for the f- whole first license. So I went to my mom and my dad and I said, okay, we have two options now. Either I'm going to do it on my own or we're going to do it together. So they were both like, wow. Uh, okay, like she she's our kid. Wow. We know yeah. we raised her that way, yeah. so exactly. <laughs> we don't have another way to I go. Can, I can guarantee there was a kitchen. There was a, probably a kitchen conversation with the two of them that, that said, "This is our fault." Oh, we, my, we, we, we yeah, your mom blamed your dad. My, my, mom, yeah. my, my mom just took my dad to the kitchen. Like he told me, like one year after, and she told him, "If she's going to be hurt in any way." I'm going to kill you. <laughs> he was like, okay, okay. A lot of pressure on my shoulders. So but You must have been fully aware of how talented you were to have that confidence to go to them and be like, right, I've either got you know, this way into the industry or I have your support. I'm a, well, I, I didn't know if I was talented mm. or not. I mean, I was just, I just wanted to hit that throttle and see what's going to happen. Mm. And I'm a very competitive person. So if I have something in my mind, yeah. I'm going to give everything to get it done. And it has so, to be done. Yeah. Yeah. And somehow it showed that I have some talent there. And I mean, it's not only me, it's also the team where I know I have one of the best crews in whole Europe. Like mm. everyone is trying to get my guys to their team. So I know that I have like a massive background and bringing that little bit of talent with me, mm. which is just bringing the whole package together. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite beautiful. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Stacey Lee, it's Hi. your turn to step up. <laughs> so, <Hi. laughs> so tell us about your sport, Stacey Lee, and again, how did it all start for you? So spinning is uh, one of my main sports. It's a proudly South African sport. Um, they always say born and raised in Nakasi, which means born and raised in South Africa. Yeah, it's basically drifting, but more chaotic. yeah that's fair so it's the same you just get stunts in spinning like jumping out of the car and around the car while it's moving and my dad actually made me do it oh that's interesting (laughs) yeah (laughs) i didn't have a choice he was like you're gonna do this get into the car and do it and really yeah how old are you when i was 16 when i started wow and what did you what did you think when he was like off you go get in there okay i have to listen to my dad my mom said no but i'm gonna listen to my dad (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah all right i mean i assume you wanted to do it it wasn't it wasn't dad telling you to do something you're like oh no no i actually wanted to go to law school no (laughs) (laughs) okay i did go to law school finished my degree but dad had on spinning while i was doing that amazing I've, I've actually lost your work. Like, law school's pretty intense. And you're, you're doing all this, like, on the side, which I can't imagine this is a side thing. Well, it was a hobby, and now it's a full-time career. So I focus all my time and energy on my stunt driving and spinning. Wow. And what's it like doing the stunt driving? Do you enjoy it? It's fun. Yeah? Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of people that can do what I do. Yeah. So... It's different. I mean, you get normal stunt driving. Tess knows she's drifting big armors. And then you get my stunt driving where I have to hang out of the window while the car is moving really fast. So it's yeah. fun. 
I love it. You say it so casually. You know, I just hang out the yeah. window whilst, whilst throwing the car into oversteer and trying to fall out. Because spinning is a it's an unusual one for the rest of the world. I know how huge it is in South Africa, but the rest of the world, it's it's a bit of a it, oh, some territories it's it's almost unheard of. But yeah. it's such a huge cultural thing, isn't it? You have thousands of spectators that essentially watch this. <clears throat> Chaos, which was your word. I'm glad, I'm glad you used it because now I can use it. Yeah, awesome. This chaotic scene with cars just seemingly being completely out of control. But everything's under control, isn't it? It's, yeah. it every, everyone knows what they're doing and it's this show of just chaotic brilliance. It's just something completely different because you never know what to expect. Mm. I mean, I could go in and say, I'm going to just do a couple of donuts and then next best thing I'm hanging out of the window. So... <laughs> It's always different and you never know what to expect. Yeah, yeah. amazing. How Ama- did you discover when you were good at that, you were talented at that? And... Uh, once I started being recognised internationally. Okay. So, uh, locally I started doing like uh, adverts, music videos, and then some guys from Netflix called me in 2018, uh, flew me out to shoot uh, Hyperdrive. I don't know if you've guys seen yeah, it. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. So called me out to shoot Hyperdrive and okay, the car didn't make it, but I realized that I am good enough because I'm competing against guys that mm. have Lamborghinis and Mustangs and all these big engines and yeah, I am with my little car. So I thought it's not the car, it's the driver. So yeah. if I'm good enough to get this far with this broken old car <laughs> i'm good enough to do anything <coughs> from memory it was neat was it an e30 um, three series bmw yes, yes yeah yes. i do remember it i remember it well and how did the monster energy thing come about was that as a result of the show or was they were they watching beforehand do you think so hyperdrive only aired in 2019 <laughs> but um monster energy came to south africa in 2017 and 2018 for both years yeah yeah for jumka Grid, i actually met this at ah, jumka Grid. yeah so um my new managers were kind of they kind of in charge of the drift scene in south africa mm-hmm. so monster hired them to take care of the event like set up and everything and i begged them for my 15 seconds of fame on the arena and went out did my thing and monster was like okay we need to have a meeting with you and it was awesome after that it's just Mm. been amazing incredible incredible and you get to travel obviously everywhere but since you've been here um i was looking at your socials you you went to brentford football club Yes, uh, yesterday. How, how's that? <laughs> it was awesome. So one of my uh, sponsors is Hollywood Bets back home. So they sponsor Brentford as well. Oh, so wow. they made a call and I got a private tour of the entire stadium. Nice. Like That's everything so cool. you don't get to see, yeah. I got to see. It was, it was amazing. Oh, that's brilliant. Will you, when you come back, do you think you'll watch a game? I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'd love to see you there. That's yeah. wicked. Brilliant. Right. Last but, of course, by no means least, Sarah. Am I saying it right? Sarah or Sarah? Say however you want to. I think everyone here says it differently. Yeah. (laughs) But on Swedish, you would say Sarah. Sarah. Right. That's what I'm going to say. So two wheels rather than four wheels. So same question. How did this all start for you? Yeah. Um, I would say mostly one wheel. That's what I go for. Nice. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, But yeah, I was pretty young. I always grown up being like a boy kind of girl. Mm-hmm. I was not into all the girly stuff. Mm-hmm. Like when I was a kid, I was basically playing with cars and all of that. 
And then when I got, when I turned 15, I wanted a moped, but I didn't want like the girly scooter kind of moped. Mm -hmm. I wanted like a cool looking motocross moped, I guess. Uh, and I begged my parents to get one of those and they were not really having it. <laughs> but at the end, I managed to get one from them. And I was like, this is super boring. This thing is so slow. So at 16, I wanted a bike and I know, knew there was like no chance for my parents to like, mm -hmm. get me one of those. Um, so with that said, I, my parents don't come from any sort of motor interest in okay. background at all. Quite the opposite. Wow. Um, but yeah, being 16, I got two jobs to be able to afford my first bike. And looking back at it now, it was quite a old bike. But to me, that was like <laughs> super expensive. And I had to work really hard to get this one. And um, I got and bought that one without them knowing. I tried to hide yeah. it in the garage. Uh, how, how long did that last? Saying, <laughs> how big was your garage? <laughs> One day. And the uh, next morning, my mom put like a chin lock on it. Oh. And it was up for sale. Oh, wow. Um, but they didn't manage to sell it. And I was still like, I had like a saw. I was <laughs> oh, cutting wow. up the chin lock. And I went out riding. And I did not know how to ride. I was literally on YouTube trying to figure out how to shift gears and no what the clutch was. Really? Yeah. It was wow. really hard and I didn't have any friends to show me either. Um, but somehow I managed to figure it out on like the backyard on the grass. And then I was like, okay, I'm heading out on traffic, which was probably not the best. You're fearless. Like, <laughs> it was fearless. It was probably not the smartest also being that young. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also got bored of that bike super quickly. So I got an even bigger bike, being six, <laughs> 17, I think. And when I was on this big bike that was way too much power for me, I thought that it would be a great idea to try to do it on one wheel because I saw all the guys were doing wheelies. <laughs> um, I started practicing. It went super bad. Oh, no. It took forever and I didn't do it. Like, I don't know. I, I think I learned everything wrong completely. Mm -hmm. So I had to restart the whole process again and learn the right way. So the process itself shouldn't have been that mm. long, I guess. Um, but I did manage to learn, obviously, because I'm here now. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. cut to the end. You're being sponsored by Mr. Energy, <laughs> yeah. so clearly something's gone right. Yeah. And I have to ask them, where did the influence come from? So you say your yeah. parents weren't into most sport. You, you didn't necessarily have friends that were riding bikes. Where did all this come from? I honestly don't really know but I know that I like to do stuff that you're not really supposed to do okay. and since my parents were like trying to force me the other way being uh -huh. like the perfect girl blah 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 mm -hmm. yeah. I was like I'm not gonna do that um yeah um <laughs> it, it grew pretty quick from from that and I started seeing myself develop, developing also yeah. and then I ran into issues I remember like the first day when my bike broke down I didn't have any money. I did not have my parents supporting me. I couldn't leave it to a workshop and I had no clue what to do. I was freaking out pretty much. And I still wanted to ride my bike. So uh, I went back to YouTube again and I was like, how do you rebuild that engine? Wow. Pretty much. And from there, I just tried and it worked. There was a few bolts left over, but it was <laughs> um, And today, I guess most of my guy friends would come to me and ask for help. Brilliant. That's amazing. So how did you go from that moment of literally teaching yourself every single aspect of how to, you know, build a bike, uh, be on a bike, drive a bike, race a bike. How did you go from that to, you know, did someone see your talents and pick you up? How did that happen? It was not on purpose at all. Like 
back then I did not know that social media was a thing even. I didn't mm. know that you could get like big on social media, but I posted everything just for my own sake, pretty much for my family and friends. And I also got like one of those really old GoPros. I think it was like a GoPro two or three. <laughs> and I was like, let's put this on the Talmud and then just go out. Right. So I started doing YouTube videos and all of a sudden one of these videos just blow up completely and I, it got millions of views and since that day everything just like really? went upwards and there was a lot of opportunities coming with that I started doing my first stunt shows it was music videos it was commercials and I think I did a lot of these jobs not being good enough to actually do these things yeah. but with time I obviously developed my skills as well and today I'm pretty confident doing like any kind of stunt double for big movies and big productions so nice. organic like literally the most organic way to find your passion and what you're meant to be doing and then it's like a lot of things once the doors open you, you can learn how to do it yeah. you can but you just need those opportunities what's been the toughest part of your journey so far would it be trying to find a sponsor would it what's stood out for you um I guess I would say that I'm never like happy with where I am. So I always mm. had to push myself into trying something that is maybe not supposed to be done. And I think my latest thing that I've gotten my eyes up for is to stunt on a Harley Davidson, which is a super heavy bike. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a big struggle for me. Uh, I did manage to control it, but it was... I really had the doubt sometimes that like this is not gonna work. This bike is way too heavy for me. I can't. I can't even push that thing around in a garage sometimes. Um, but once I figured everything out, it just clicked, and then I managed to do wheelies on that thing also. That's incredible. Yeah. It's bad, but <laughs> that's absolutely incredible. And you still love it as much as you did when you were sixteen. Go to get your parents. I think I was crazier back then. Like I remember, there was though. nothing. Yeah stopping me it was a snowstorm outside and i had the street tires on i was still gonna try to ride didn't work obviously i slipped like the first hill down the house didn't get far at all uh, i think i was uh, on a scale obviously mm. i'm doing bigger stuff now but mm. back then i was like there was literally nothing telling me to hold back i think mm. when you get older especially doing that this professionally now i have to think about a lot of consequences also i can't afford to hurt myself mm. and be gone for a whole system for example yeah and back then it was like just full throttle everywhere and obviously you're very like free when you're younger with how you taught yourself and what yeah. you wanted to do and how you wanted to grow so is it quite challenging now you're obviously sponsored you've got you know managers to answer for is that do you feel like you're less creative or like you can't be as I actually think that gives me a bigger reason to try to be creative mm. and do stuff that stands out. Yeah. I think I'm a lot for especially being creative and trying to come up with all these ideas of stuff that is maybe not like the most normal stunt writing. Mm. I try to involve other types of writing into that, which is more freely writing, jumping and jumping over stuff. So I'll have a like wider stunt. Yeah. I don't know what to call it. So I can do more stuff, yeah. basically, and also be available for, for example, movies and stunts, doubling stuff. Great. That's incredible. 
there's a little part of me that's like, I want to teach myself to do that. There's a big part that says, absolutely no way. <laughs> that would be insane. So one of the things I need to know, Sarah, is your parents clearly were not supportive at the beginning. They did yeah. not like the idea of being on two wheels. At what point did they change their mind? Or are they have they yet? <laughs> do they know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say they really haven't changed their mind. Okay. They would still prefer me to have a nine-to-five office job. Mm. But here I am. I guess they can't do anything to change it. Mm. So I, they've sort of accepted it, but they would still prefer me doing something else. Interesting. And I, I kind of get that because obviously it's a dangerous sport and they don't want me to hurt myself. Yeah. But yeah, I love it too much to stop. Yeah. yeah, and that probably spurns you on even more when you know if someone doesn't necessarily want you to do something, it just makes you prove them and prove yourself that you can do it yeah. and keep on growing. Yeah, and for sure. That is amazing that you everything on YouTube. Like that's, that's <laughs> YouTube is the place. It is. I, mean, I don't think there's anything anymore. Yeah. Right? If you need to know how something works, somebody on YouTube has made a video about it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. My mind is blown yeah. with that. Yeah, well, I have a how to wheelie video on YouTube, so if anyone wants to there we go. There you go. Done <laughs> <laughs> trying to test it already. Absolutely perfect. That's incredible. Definitely. Right, I want to go around the table again and yeah. I want to find out um, firstly, the best and worst parts of the job for what you all do, because I know that you know, we can all, as observers and spectators and viewers, it's so easy to look at everything you guys do and just go, oh my God, you've just got the best job in the world. But it doesn't come without its difficulty. So Tess, would you like to start us off with best and worst? Um, best for me uh, is like demos and things like that um, and competition and getting to see fans and signing stuff for them, interacting with people, fans, things like that. I love that because if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be doing what we do. And then worst, not enough hours in the day. Oh, wow. And there's just, there's so much to do media side of things. And if it's not media side of stuff, it's sorting something out for the car or putting something new into it or servicing and those kind of things. And because I'm, it's not just Monster Energy, it's my other sponsors and also my stunt driving and my business, mm-hmm. I've got to sort of tear myself into three at times. And it, and because my, my business especially is really small, I'm, I'm doing my emails, I'm yeah. sorting all of that out as well alongside of, of course, doing a lot, well, trying to get as much media done as possible. And that's that's sort of the struggles yeah. behind it, for sure. Yeah, I can relate. How do you cope with those struggles then? How do you, like, because I, I, I'm a person that gets very overwhelmed with the smallest of things. Yeah. Very dramatic. Don't give me any responsibility <laughs> ever. So how do you, how do you prioritise things? How do you prioritise your own mental health when it comes to that? Yeah, I mean, it has been challenging. Mm. And this year, what is it's a result of my what i i don't know even like uh i would say i have to definitely de- like make myself a list and then put them into those little boxes of yeah. right one what's the most important down to what i have to do right yeah. and and things like that but also it's it's not just the from the drifting and stunt driving and it's home life as well that you've got to fit into like the normal the normal 
things as a woman you have to do. Yeah. <laughs> like it's hard though. Stuff. I don't as a woman <clears throat> in this like with any career, you I don't think you can have it all. I think you can have it all at different times in your life, mm. but you can't have it all. And I think no. yeah, it's just finding yeah what sometimes takes precedence over exactly everything else. Yeah, for sure. It's tough, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so, India, same question to you, best and worst. Uh, I would say the best thing for me is kind of uh, the passion and all the people behind it. It comes mm. from the race director to the fan to the race teams, just uh, doing what we love. And, you know, it, it's so cool at track racing. You see those guys that have hundreds and thousands of dollars. And then you have those that just get their last pounds together and mm-hmm. save the money to get to the racetrack. And then you see them walking around your pits and they're coming every single year and you see them every single year at the racetrack. And just seeing them yeah. being there and living the passion that we live. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's kind of sharing this with them and also having something that always keeps you going because it's your passion. Yeah. And the worst thing is basically almost same as Tessa said I'm I mean I'm having a full-time job I'm having another my own company I'm working for my father's business oh wow I'm starting to study next year what are you studying (laughs) uh marketing oh yeah so um I'm doing the racing next to it but I can't do it as a full-time living okay at the moment since it's just an extreme sport and it's Mm. very hard for me to do stunts with my cars yeah (laughs) like doing it as a kind of getting it into a profession mm. so um it's for me it's definitely with challenging the time between what do i have to do to survive yeah. <laughs> to have a house and stuff and how do i get the time to do what i love yeah the most so this is basically the worst part for me it's hard and i guess as well it's thinking about longevity like it where in 10 years time what is it i want and you, yeah you have to make those certain sacrifices now yeah and sometimes yeah maybe not even earn as much or whatever it might be yeah right now because you can see where you want it to go and it's having that belief yeah. that patience yeah <laughs> yeah so it's it's some sometimes you're just struggling with you know this is what i have to do or should do and this yeah. is what i want to do so where do i find the how can i close the gap in between yeah. I'm on a good way. So. Yeah, and it's having belief as yeah. well, isn't it? Yeah, and knowing what you what you can do, and yeah, just yeah, believing I'm, in yourself. I'm always saying like, for me, the main word is passion. Yeah. Otherwise, I won't be doing it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm basically saying no. You're all crazy if you have no passion. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the passion, passion for whatever you do gets yeah, yeah drives you. Yeah, I love that that ever growing balance of expectation versus reality. Yeah. At times that you think, ah, this is going to be great. Oh, it's not worked. Or other times yeah. you think this yeah. is going to be awful, and then suddenly it becomes amazing. Um, yeah. Stacy Lee, guess what I'm going to ask? <laughs> best and worst parts of your job. So the best part is everything about it. The fact that I get to travel. I never thought that spinning would blow up and take me internationally. I never thought I'd be out of South Africa to begin with. So the best part is just everything about it. The opportunities it gave me um, allowed me the opportunity to send my sister to America. She wanted to study over in America, so she's about to do that. Wow. So wow. it's given me a lot of opportunity, and there's nothing bad about it. There's no bad to it. So I just love doing everything and 
making sure I'm the best at it. Incredible. What's the traveling like, being away from home? Like how, how often are you traveling? So I travel about two or three times a year. Okay. So my entire family comes to the airport, even <laughs> on Sunday night when they drop me off at the airport, everybody was there. Really? I told them I'm just leaving for a few days, but everybody was standing <laughs> and crying. <laughs> and when I got on the plane, I started crying because... <gasps> Obviously, I don't like being away from them, but yeah. I mean, you have to sacrifice a little bit in order to grow. My parents are just happy when I leave. Yeah. It makes it easier as well when you know you've got that support behind you. Yeah, they've been calling me all day, all day, every day. Wow. Yeah. I even had to tell, can you stop now, I'm busy. I'll call you when I'm done. I'd block my mum if she did that. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Won't be hearing from you. That's absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. So it's a whole family, family thing. So my younger brother also started doing drifting, spinning and stunt driving. So oh, really? yeah, he thinks he's better than me, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, show. Do you just do you just wave the monster energy hat and just go, where's your sponsorship? Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, I'll wear yours. I'll wear your cap. <laughs> and then um, my dad's kind that kind of takes me where I need to be because I hate driving myself. So you, yeah. Oh, this is interesting. Yeah. So yeah. you don't enjoy driving on the road? No. There's ah. a lot of bad drivers in South Africa. <laughs> Please don't tell them I said that. <laughs> and then my mom manages me. She handles everything. And my sister's my co-driver. Yeah, she's always with me in the car. Amazing. So it's a family kind of so cool. thing. That's so good. Does it ever get difficult? Because I, you know, like Rachel jokes there about the interference of family. I, there's no way on earth I could work with my dad for example the, <laughs> with this he'll be listening hi dad sorry but he knows you know that I think we'd be at it we're too similar mm. as personalities yeah. but do you find that you all get on all the time or there are times where sometimes it gets mm. tricky it gets difficult ah. <laughs> most of the time because I mean we're also living under the same roof and then we right. have to do work together and wow. it's like it's so bad myself and my brother just had an argument last week, Thursday, and I'm still not speaking to him. Oh. <laughs> he cried at the airport and I'm not speaking to him. I was like, bye. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it does get tough. It does have its challenges. Yeah. But we know that when it comes to um, going out to do spinning or drifting, we have to come together as a team because our personal life and our work life is not um, combined. Yeah. We know when, when there's a time for everything. Yeah. That's good. That's good. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sara. Yes? Tell me, <laughs> what are the best bits and the worst bits of your job? Um, I would say that the best bits are definitely being able to inspire people mm. and help people to understand the sport and maybe show that this sport is not only like reckless people doing illegal stuff yeah and especially to bring in and lift the sport for girls as well because mm-hmm. i do get a bunch of girls coming to me saying that they want to start riding but they don't know how to get into the sport they're worried about being too short the bikes being too heavy and all of that and i think it's super cool to be able to show mm-hmm. all these people that you're only your own limit, I think, and Mm -hmm. that there's not really a lot that can stop you from actually succeeding or doing what you want to do. Um, So I think that is super cool. And also like doing the events and getting to meet people and talk with them and hear all these things coming to you. That's, it's such a great feeling, I guess. And also the traveling, I'm not gonna take that up with being able to go wherever I want to and do my writing which is what I love yeah so I'm basically being able to work from wherever I don't need to be based in a specific country for a longer time if I don't <laughs> want to I think that is a super cool feeling yeah, yeah. that's a very free feeling, yeah for sure it? yeah <laughs> I mean it's all cool and stuff now the question is how much you would like how long you would like to do it yeah but I think it's super cool to be able to take this opportunity for now and do all the traveling you want to yeah, I agree. And then one day maybe I want to settle down somewhere. Don't, yeah. don't know where that would be, but also... Yeah, I I really like about your story that, that the fact, and I, not to go back to the YouTube videos, but there's not... If people didn't have enough money, it doesn't matter. Like, if you've got that passion, I guess actually, the, like everyone here, you will find a way to yeah, do it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, I don't have any money to. starting, so... Yeah. If you really, really want it, there's no excuses. Exactly. I really like that. Really do. Because I think, yeah, it it can be hard. Or if you have family that don't support you emotionally or financially, it can, like, put you off. It takes a lot of, like, mental strength to be able to follow your passions Mm. and then mental strength to do what you guys do. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) win-win. And the the not-so-glamorous parts of the job, what would you say... Um, stand out I would say that I have myself to blame for that as well because I do want to succeed with everything so bad and I want to achieve my dreams so I put a lot of um what's it called pressure 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 on myself yeah Mm -hmm. too much pressure sometimes and sometimes you have to learn specific tricks that maybe normally should take a few months for you to learn and then I know I have like a movie shoot or a video that I have to learn this trick before and like just having that time pressure I think makes you sometimes have a hard time finding the balance between the passion and work yeah Mm. and for me that I like mentioned it to the girls before also I think it's super important that you do find the balance and not only see it as work or only see it as a hobby like mm. some something in between there is really really important and sometimes i can't even find that balance myself so i would say okay. that would be the bad part has it got easier do you think like as, as as you've been a professional for some time is that balance become easier to find or is it still just as hard 
It's so hard because yeah. I think I put like more and more pressure on myself. The more things grow, mm. the bigger like my brand and my writing and everything gets, the bigger things I want to do. Sure. And doing bigger things is gonna also be riskier, yeah. which involves more like consequences and all of that. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a weird one, isn't it? Because you you have all your you know ambitions and you probably think I I mean I know personally well, when I've achieved this and this and this then you know what, if things are good, I'm on a good level, but then you want more. When Again, when those doors start opening, oh, but I can do that and that and that, and you see what possibilities there are out there. So it's hard to know whenever to stop, which you probably don't ever want to. Yeah, but I also think that's why all of us are sitting here, yeah. because we yeah. always want to progress and always get better. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think so too. <laughs> now, Tess, you kind of alluded to earlier with the, when you were saying about the, the bad or the difficult parts of your job, finding time in the day to do all the different bits and pieces. How do you all find the pressures of social media? Because I think everyone now, as, a, as an athlete, a driver, a sports person, general kind of celebrity, Everyone feels that they have to have this presence. They have to be making sure you post or you've, you've at least put a story up or you've tweeted something or you've updated your Facebook page so that people know that you're still active. Do you find that there are struggles with that as well? Or, or are you able to kind of let go of that from time to time? Um, no, not really. Mm. I mean, I certainly do put it down when I'm doing something completely different that I can't talk about Mm -hmm. um but I feel so guilty that I haven't Mm. put something up because I'm like I'm not showing people what I'm doing and and because I have that presence and I want to be able to portray what I'm doing but also it's not just all the amazing stuff and the drifting and things like that it's behind the scenes and but sometimes I don't have the understanding of what I need to do as well because so many things change with social media mm. and it's like what works what doesn't work mm. whether it's reels whether it's stories whether it's posts and there's just so many moving parts it's mm. like oh. <laughs> it's ridiculous <laughs> but yeah what yep. about other so. people is there uh, you know how is that side of life for for the rest of you well it, it's super hard for me because um like, I can't just take my car out and mm. drive somewhere <laughs> yeah. a little bit around with it. <laughs> uh, so it's super hard for me to get content during the year mm. or during the off-season. And I'm honestly not... Uh, I'm not the kind of person that is feeling comfortable with talking to myself to the camera. <laughs> it's so a weird thing, it's, it? it's, it's, for me, it's always like, like, oh, no, I don't want to do this. <laughs> And I know it's part of the game, mm. so I'm trying to do my best. But the other thing is, you know, if I'm if I'm just posting some weird makeup stuff in between the off season, like most of my followers would look at my stories, thinking, "Wow, what happened to her?" <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's it's a struggle because I know it's part of the game, and it's mm. so important to get mm. all the sponsorships and the jobs and everything. But I'm still trying to be authentic, which is most important to me. Yes. So mm. I'm always telling myself if I don't want to post anything or if I don't feel like posting anything because I have a lot of things going on. I have a full time job and I just didn't manage it, post yeah. anything mm. then I just won't because I'm 
I don't want to play the game just because society wants me to play the game. Yeah. I want to play it. I want to do it as a passion, like as I, as also Sarah said, like you have to do it because you want to do it and yeah. the balance and this is key for me. So I will never be that social media person. Mm. That's authentic and, and that's what you and want. And I'm happy yeah. with this because it's just my way of doing mm. it. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. So I'm, I'm similar to that, but then a month will go by and I still have it. It's like, oh. I'm gonna have to do something. That's <laughs> the same with me. Yeah. I'm like, sometimes well, like, like <laughs> three weeks or four weeks and my mom is coming like, and she's she doesn't have anything about social media. She's like sitting in the front of the phone and I don't know how to unlock my phone. Can you please unlock it? <laughs> and then she's coming to me and like, you didn't post anything for like four weeks. And like, your mom's cussing you, babe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what that is. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Thanks, mom. Yeah. Guilt tripping. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always saying, I blocked you on my stories. You didn't see them. I posted so many things. Love that. Another mother blocker. <laughs> no, sometimes you have to. Oh, tell <laughs> Did you go out last night? No. Absolutely no way. What are we talking about? I'm 28 years old, mum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, what about you? Um, do you, are you all over the social media? It could be a generational <laughs> thing as well, I think. I think different generations... So my mom handles my social media, so she oh, does all the things. I think she did Yeah, I would forget. Yeah, I forget most of the time. Sometimes I'll do my own posts, but my mom does most of them. She manages all my pages. Yeah. Oh wow, that's incredible. Yeah, it's difficult. I forget. Like I'm tired. I'm tired. I don't want to. So, if like one of my sponsors email me something to yeah. post, I'd forward other email and be like, yeah, you know what to do. <laughs> that is brilliant. That's amazing. Fully yeah. fledged social media manager. I wouldn't That's make brilliant. it through the day without my mom. Oh, honestly. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Now, I'm going to hazard a guess, Sarah, that your mum doesn't handle your social media. Yeah. <laughs> well, if my mum would handle my social media, there would be a bunch of different content. There would be, like, girly, girly stuff. Um, no, I would say that social media is a big part for me. Yeah. Um, I do put a lot of focus on my social channels. I do everything from YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, mm. you name it. It's quite a lot. And it takes so much time, it's crazy. And yeah. you always have to come up with new stuff the whole time. You mm. have to be creative. And sometimes it really makes me feel like, what can I even do? Because I have to put time into practicing so I can get better. Because people get so spoiled or like used to seeing you do your weirdness or stunts or whatever. So they're like, are you going to do something new? And mm. like then they push you to like always de develop yourself and your yeah. skills. But that also is really hard for me to find time to both learn new things and then come up with a creative part of filming new special things. And I always like when everything, every piece that I put out to be quite unique. But, but it's the fun part. I like to be creative, so I'm not really complaining when yeah. it comes to that. And I guess that's how your career kind of started. Yeah, that's with that's the camera on your helmet. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, it's a bit different now. I think I would say I would have like a camera team with me yeah. doing this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, they'd be like, nah, that was so 10 years ago. 
Need to learn from Sarah then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to sell. Yeah. yeah, you could do workshops. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say, can we, can we, er, te- can your mom teach our moms? Yes. Oh, Sarah teach us. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Mama, did you hear this? <laughs> I'll sing. I'll bring my mum with, and she can just. That yeah. would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. amazing. Oh, that's wow. yeah. <laughs> For sure. Right. That's brilliant. What a deal! Now, Rach, earlier you you um, in one of your questions, you were talking about the the pressures of like mental health, and mm. there's so much that goes into <laughs> what you all do collectively. You know, you've just even there, you've discussed the mm-hmm. fact that you're professional athletes you're also content creators you're also brand ambassadors you're also walking billboards making sure that everyone's aware of what you're doing do you ever find there's times and a a term that I often like to use is one I I I suffer from regularly is is imposter syndrome where there are days where you wake up or you'll find yourself in an environment perhaps just before you're competing or whilst you're competing where you suddenly have this overwhelming realization that you shouldn't be there like almost like (laughs) what am I doing here do any of you ever suffer from that? Well, uh, tell you a funny story. So um, I had a meet and greet a couple of months back and my mom comes to me. She's like, no, you have a meet and greet. I'm like, who would want to meet me? Seriously, <laughs> why? Why me? And I was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And then the day of the meet and greet came, I was like, okay, fine, I'll do it. And when we got there, there was like a million people standing waiting for me to sign something for them. So you do have a feeling that you don't belong. Mm-hmm. But I mean, once you realize that people actually like what you do and they know who you are, it becomes better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Tess, do you, yeah. Get, do you ever get the feeling that you shouldn't be here? Um, I mean... The very first time that I went to Goodwood Festival of Speed. Yeah. That is, I mean, the pinnacle for a lot of motorsport passionate people. Yeah. And to get to drive, let alone drift, up that hill. And mm. I've seen it go wrong by mm. quite a few different drivers. And Ryan Turek, for instance. Yeah. And he's a Formula Drift driver. And the, those kind of people are so much better than I am and in, in my eyes mm-hmm. and and to be given that opportunity to go and do something like that and yeah I admittedly I took it so easy because I thought if I screw this up on the first first go that's me done forever <laughs> no pressure <right? laughs> exactly and it was like a it I was the first woman to ever drift the hill at Goodwood oh. Festival of Speed and that then again was another pressure thing of yeah. but then once you get the the what's the word um recognition for wow you're you're out there doing that for the girls and mm. you're you're inspiring people and to have people line up and want mm. your autograph and stuff like that it's it's the best best feeling mm. but yeah that that one was for sure, I was like, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> oh my God, I'm here with everybody, the big people. What? <laughs> the grown-ups. Yeah, definitely. It's serious. Yeah. It is a big thing. I mean, it's it's something that I feel like a lot of people that attend the Goodwood events and the Festival of Speed especially are aware of that, um, the honour of being invited yes. to drive at either the revival or the Festival of Speed mm. is just 
is absolutely huge. How did that come about? Where, did the phone just ring one day and it was somebody from Goodwood saying, hi, we see you, can you come and do this? It was, it was an email, uh-huh. um, but because Mr. Bagsy Ragioni oh, yes. happens to be another Monster Energy athlete and obviously a fellow driver mm. and he's very well recognised at Goodwood mm-hmm. and I think he put in a few names and things like that um, of who to come to Goodwood because I was supposed to do speed week because during yes, covid of course, that bizarre time where yeah. we couldn't have the event yeah and yeah. i i got the big job for mission impossible uh-huh. and i was like oh my god i'm turning down yeah. goodwood what the hell am i doing with my mission life? impossible you have peaked yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous um but it was one of those where i'm like i don't i don't know what to do yeah. but actually I could potentially have this as a as a backup for next year because mm. nobody was going to be at Speed Week as such and there was all the two metre distances and everybody yeah, had to have, which was, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I was lucky enough that they emailed me back and I actually called the guy um, saying, I'm really sorry, I, I can't attend. And I gave him the reason and he was like, no. Nope. Totally understand. Absolutely understand. But you know, really like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's really good. So I mean, you're gonna come up with excuses. <laughs> yeah. It's you know, mission impossible. It's Tom Cruise. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And yeah. yeah, like, how do you, with the mental health side of things, do you ever get the imposter syndrome, or is there any moments where you're overwhelmed, or? Well, I was basically struggling when COVID started due mm. to some private circumstance that just changed my whole private life completely and uh, I didn't pay enough attention to my mental health so Mm. I just pushed myself into the fitness and I lost like weight (laughs) I was probably the half of my weight that I have now and I just pushed myself into work gym and racing Mm. I didn't pay attention anymore to my mental health and I was like this was the moment where my parents said, if you won't stop, we will stop you. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah, I was happy that I had the friends that I have mm. and also my family because all of them were just like, you're going crazy. You're going to lose your mind. You're going to lose your body. You don't have a feeling anymore for your body. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I had mm. I have been at the part where I just said, OK, I'm going to quit everything. I'm just going to pack my stuff and mm go away to the US and just leave everything behind Disappear me. for a bit. Yeah. yeah. And I was just lucky enough that I was strong enough to mm. step back and say, okay, you're not going to do this. You're going to get your ass up and yeah. be strong enough to get there and do whatever you want to. And also see where there is to stop. Where you just, this is what I said with social media. Mm. I quit social media for like almost two or three months. I didn't go in there because it made me just crazy seeing the stuff on social media. As I said, I lost my feeling for my body and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, when you're in a bad place, it doesn't take long to get in a very bad place. Yeah. That's scary how your mind can take you there. But you you can get back out of there if you've got good people around you and if you have help. therapy or just you know it's I was like you know I, th- I think it's it was just everything coming together mm. also with the COVID situation and just like 
feeling that everything everything is changing mm. and you have no control over just it. Yeah. not being aware of what's happening with me and just I mean I was thinking I'm super healthy I'm just going to the sports every day I'm working my ass off to get my career done mm. yeah. and just sometime realizing okay you're totally poisoning yourself yeah. so yeah yeah the mind is a wonderful thing yeah Sarah do you with your mental health do you, do you suffer from anxiety are you I think um since I want to be so creative and always come up with new stuff like and I work best at night that keeps me up mm-hmm almost every single night like yeah. that's when I'm like okay I want to do this and I want to do this and it's like I look out it's pitched back and I'm like I can't go out and do this now and like those kind of things stresses me out mm-hmm. a lot I guess um but I also come up with like the best or the stupidest ideas mm-hmm. at night but it does ruin a lot of my sleeping routine which later on affects a lot of other things as well yeah, that time of night is the most creative sometimes, isn't it? When everyone else is asleep and you've got all the time in the world. Yeah, and I don't have any patience. I think that <laughs> that also messes it up a little bit. But like when I think about something, I don't have time. I don't have a week to even want to prepare stuff. I remember like I did a project where I was going to jump over a car, a race car, a drag car. I was doing a burnout <laughs> I was like this I just said this as a joke first I was like I'm actually gonna do this <laughs> this sounded pretty cool um and I was like okay what do I need and then from there my mind was just spinning fully and everyone's like oh yeah but you're gonna need this this we need to try this and it's gonna tell you we can't do this I'm like next week we're doing the final thing and it was so many sleepless nights and like I, I was out pretty much 24 7 preparing everything but I ended up managing to do the final jump wow and there's also so many things that goes behind planning off this that i don't think that people actually understand Mm -hmm. so one thing i've been trying to lift on my social media is to do like backstories and behind the scenes Mm -hmm. so people can see that it's not only just this you have to do a lot of trying like testing jumps and you have to see if like with that, for example, it was so much smoke from the car during the burnout, so I couldn't even sit my ramp. And I'm supposed to hit that going super fast, jumping into something that I don't sit. And I have like 10, 15 centimeters <laughs> as margin to hitting the roof on the car. Wow. Um, so everything had to be calculated in like the smallest detail with the angle of the jump and all of that. It's like choreographed, really, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's cool. I enjoy it, but yeah. it gets overwhelming. So I do like full speed for a week or two, and then I need at least one or two resting days, and then I'm back to it. <laughs> wow. I need a resting day just like hearing the description <laughs> of that. That is madness, and not being able to see the ramp as well. I would just be screaming in the car. Yeah, yeah. it was not a nice feeling. No. I think it's really important. That, that I think the behind-the-scenes stuff is, is really important to do because for your own well-being in the sense of keeping yourself on track and reminding yourself that this isn't easy you know so it can be so easy for us as observers as followers as watchers to watch a stunt you know something that might have taken months and months and months to practice and you can guarantee I'm sure you all get it comments on YouTube or on Instagram feeds "Mm, 
could have been oh, I could have done that better you know there's always somebody Keyboard somewhere warriors. yeah coming out <laughs> going oh I didn't think it was actually that impressive but again these are the people that just think that all of this all of mm. your success all of you sat around this table it's just come like that overnight yeah. suddenly you woke up in the morning one day you were really good at your sport and then monster energy came along and said hey we're going to sponsor you here's a billion pounds and it's uh, yeah, that yeah. sadly isn't quite how it works is it but i think it's important because your followers as well are going to appreciate that yeah. and it's a reminder for everyone following and everyone watching and everyone listening to this that we don't just get out of bed in the morning and everything's great and we're perfect mm. at everything mm. it takes practice and sometimes even when we're being paid to do the thing that we do we still need to practice. We still need to think about it. It still is difficult sometimes. And that's absolutely fine. Like, it's completely fine that it's difficult. Mm. So, yeah. Definitely, yeah. To end with the uh, the pressures of the day-to-day stuff, what, what do you find? Do you find there are ever times where you think that social... If you could turn off social media, for example, do you think you would? Your mum would. wouldn't be happy. No, <laughs> she, she would not be happy. <laughs> but I would, like, I would try and stop myself from reading the comments because I yeah. read every comment, I read every inbox, every DM. And there's some people that are really mean and yeah. I cry a lot. So when they oh, say really? mean things, I cry about it. My mom calls them the peanut gallery because they're empty shells. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. That's also, really good. Really yeah. good analogy. Yeah. Like yeah. I, would, I would definitely be off social media, but social media helps me interact with people that got me to where I am today. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. How do you let that not affect you then? If you're crying over negative remarks, how do you then just get rid of it? I really want to tell you guys what my dad says, but it's so rude. (laughs) (laughs) We can edit it. We can edit it. So he always tells me that I have really big balls. I just carry them on my chest. So I need to stand up and show people that I have big balls. That's amazing. Amazing. (laughs) Yes. And that's safe. We can keep that in. (laughs) So bad. I'm going to say nothing at all. On a more positive note, I'd love to find out from each of you if there was ever a moment. This is one of my favourite questions to ask on the podcast. It's when did you realise you were good? Was there a moment where you were mid-stunt or mid-performance where something happened and in your head a little light bulb turned on and went, ah, hang on a minute, you're quite good at this. I've got this. Yeah. Yeah. Tess, would you like to start us off? me. Um, it would be going out for my first event at Le Durin in France uh, for King and Queen of Europe. Mm-hmm. And I won Queen of Europe and then came sixth in King of Europe out of 72 drivers wow. that day. So, and oh, that weekend even. And... I was blown away mm. and it was, I had a lot of things going on. I mean, I tested semi-slick tyres for the first time and I was entering in, in the top, at the top of fourth gear at 120 miles an hour, which I'd never done before. And it was those kind of things, it, all of that on top of this is a brand new place, never been before, this is overseas. And then to come away from that and go, 
wow, I'm, I'm okay at this. So I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'll see what happens with it. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I would say. That's amazing. India, what was your happy moment? Uh, I think I have two. Like, obviously, the first one when I came back to the pits and my dad just mm. walked towards me and mm. said, you're a badass. Like, Aww. wow, this is... And not only my dad, also my whole team. And where we got like congratulations from the US, which is for us like wow. the big players. Yeah. Mm. And I think like for me personally, the most important thing was when I got really sideways with the car, which I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> and I still managed it to get the car back in the groove mm. and not hit the wall or hit the guy next to me. And I didn't even get out of my my line so I just stayed in and like this video went viral and everyone texts like like she has real balls and she can drive <laughs> the car and like this is a massive safe one of the best safes we have seen so far in Europe and so this is where I knew okay I can handle this car yeah I can drive it and I don't have to be scared to be better than any guy mm-hmm. so I can I can get hold of this car and I can win right that's a mic drop moment, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> boom. Hold it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hold Thanks. it for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good moment. Uh, Sarah, what would you say? Um, I wouldn't say I have a specific moment where I was like, oh, it was this. But I know that early on in my career, I would always say yes to doing shows. I would say yes to doing TV shows, movies, you name it, mm. and commercials. And I never felt like confident doing all of the things that they asked me do, to do. <clears throat> I was like, yeah, I can do that. And then I was like, what did I just say? <laughs> and the moment I felt like they asked me for something that is quite hard and I was like, yeah. And like, I didn't even think twice about it or get nervous. Then I realized if I'm confident to do all of these things, yeah that pushes me so much forward to like learn and try new things also. So I think that was like a deal breaker for me. I, I love how you'll never, you never just stay and be like, do you know what, I've got this successful. You keep on but it's pushing crazy. yourself. It's crazy because if you are confident with stuff, you naturally like push yourself yeah. to try new things and it just feels right. It's a, it's a really nice feeling. I can't really describe it. But sometimes when you feel like you have to do something and you start doubting yourself, yeah. it's not such a nice feeling. Um, yeah. But just being confident, that to me is like key to being professional. Yeah. With my work. Believing in yourself yeah. before anybody else does. Yeah, it's important, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Stacy Lee, do you, have a, do you have a standout moment for your, your career where you realised, okay, I'm good? Well... <laughs> It's been everything basically from the time I started doing commercials to doing shows to doing documentaries, having people fly out from all over the world to come in, document what I'm doing. But I think the best part of my career is when I pull up to a show, like an actual show or competition, and my dad drives in with the car on the trail and everybody starts screaming my name. It's like, wow. okay, <laughs> yay, it's me. I actually do that. I'm like, yay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that, John. <laughs> Every time I run anywhere. <laughs> 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 I'm in the building. I won't be doing that. <laughs> 
No. <laughs> General Lee. I wouldn't put it past you, though. Let's, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah, probably will. <laughs> so I guess before we, we round things up, I'm sure we could we could delve into each of your individual careers and have you know an hour and a half conversation with each of you, I'm sure. Um, but is there anything in your you know, day-to-day life that if there... Let's imagine there's somebody listening. Um, and, you know, I don't want to play the whole... <clears throat> girls in motorsport card thing and let's all celebrate it and shout it because it shouldn't need to be celebrated it should just be the norm it's you know you're all here as sponsored athletes who are doing Mm. a brilliant job at doing what you do but there will be girls listening there will be young people listening guys and girls who are thinking i want to get there i have this vision of succeeding and it may be drifting it may be motorbike racing it may be dragster it may be spinning Mm -hmm. Do you have a bit of go-to advice or something that you wish somebody had tapped you on your shoulder when you were 10 or 11 years old and said, hey, <laughs> it's worth knowing, dot, dot, dot. YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> and let's imagine there's not a YouTube tutorial. <laughs> so shall, shall I be mean again and start with you, Tess? Yeah, of course not. Um, gosh. Um, oh, it's such a difficult one because... It's, it's one of those things where I would say to anybody, no matter, yeah, okay, you're saying from a younger perspective what mm. I would say to myself, but I think as much as I could have got into it a lot younger and start somewhere else, I'm kind of glad that I didn't. Mm. And what's different and same, same as Sarah as well we haven't had family that are in yeah. that industry, which is also another, a little bit of a difference, mm. um, which is nice because I can go, well, go out there and push yourself mm-hmm. and really <coughs> work towards where you want to be. And again, it comes down to the passion mm-hmm. side of things and a journey that you want to lead I suppose, Mm -hmm. but now there's a lot more things that enables you to have a go at these sports Mm -hmm. before you get fully invested, Mm -hmm. because there's nothing, nothing worse than, I mean, saying that you wanted to do something, say for for instance, drifting, Mm -hmm. buying a car, getting 10, 15 grand into it and going, actually, I don't want to do this anymore because it's it. too too expensive. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. Which I mean, motorsport is mm. anyway. But to have a go, or there's so many different places you can go to now for go karting lessons, mm. um, drifting academies, things like that, all over the world, mm. that you can give it a go a couple of once, twice, three times before getting yourself properly invested and making sure that you want to actually do that as a career but as well it kind of is a bad thing because then it gets you more invested Mm, (laughs) and you will be spending a lot of money but at the same time it's always nice to have a go and then you've got more of an idea of what's to come and what's following on from there really Sorry, it was a bit of a long-winded no, one, that good. one. No, that's good. Don't worry. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping for four different answers. I think we'll get them. Um, India, the ad- advice to a younger version of you, what, what would it be? Well, I would probably go with, with Tessa as well. Like, figure out what you really want to yeah. and if it is your passion. And if it is your passion and you don't have, like, family as I have, 
in drag mm-hmm. racing because drag racing is super expensive. Yeah. Uh, so there is no way to just say, okay, I will go to a thrift school or do yeah. things like that. Go and hang around the racetracks, get to meet people, talk to them, tr- show the interest, mm-hmm. go and work on the course, get go on YouTube videos, inform yourself, like figure out how to work on those cars and try to get the opportunity to work on one of those cars. We're always super happy if we have people hanging around in the pits, even if it's just that they're doing small parts Mm -hmm. and now they're just a big part of our team. So uh, even as a driver or as a mechanic, just go to the racetrack, hang around with people, try to show them that you're interested Mm -hmm. and live your passion. Yeah, yeah. Like it. Yeah. yeah. Sarah, what would you say? Um, I think this would be more general. Like how I think that is that you should take a risk. Like the worst yeah. thing that can mm. happen is that it mm. goes bad, but you can always somehow fix fix everything. Mm. And like I've been through a lot of that. Um, I did take a big risk doing all of this. I ended up. I don't think anyone actually knows this, but I ended up living in a car for over a year because I didn't have anywhere to be. But each day I was still out riding, every single day. The money that I had back then was not a lot. I would put all the money that I got into fuel, pretty much. And then I was out riding every single day. And somehow it all worked out good because I believed in myself, even being in that super bad situation living mm. in a car during winter time, freezing, almost freezing to death at night. I still believed I would succeed. And I did, because I always pushed myself to do it. Wow, that Love takes that. self-belief, doesn't it? Mm. In, in you. It does, for sure. But I think that, as I said, if it goes bad, there's always a solution. It's mm. maybe not gonna be this, and I'm not saying like doing any of your dreams is gonna be easy, but if you're actually willing to push yourself, mm. you can always find a way. Maybe it's gonna take 10 years, maybe it's gonna take one year, I don't know, but yeah. there's always a way. Yeah. Love true. it. Yeah. Stacy Lee, <laughs> you've got your time machine, you can go back, you can find yourself at the beginning of your interest or your career. What are you saying to yourself? I would say don't give up and Keep your faith because the Bible says you have to have faith the size of a mustard seed and you will succeed. So keep your faith. Don't listen to what people have to say. And don't read the comments on social media. (laughs) 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 Yeah, but um, I was bullied a lot in high school. So Mm. I would go back and tell myself not to listen to what they have to say and just believe in yourself and chase your dreams i mean it doesn't matter what it is i mean look at me i'm supposed to be a lawyer and yet i'm a stunt driver so it doesn't matter what you want to do as long as you're passionate about it you can do anything love it yeah yeah i agree well that's your lesson dear listener if you're passionate about it go and get it done get it started because i don't think you know i mean i don't think anyone sat around this table here is um I'm going to use the word ballsy enough to go, no, I always knew I was going to be sponsored by Monster Energy. I think everyone here, you know, kind of, it's happened as a result of pure passion. Mm. It's happened Mm. as a result of pure determination and pure drive. And that should be the the lesson to anyone listening that's thinking, I want to have a go at this. I want to just be involved. And if you have the passion, as you say, Stacey Lee, it, it happens, you'll get there. Yeah, and it, it's quite a tough question, actually, kind of looking back when you were younger, what would you say to yourself, like, what tips would you give people? Because 
it's not one thing that's got you here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so many different things. Like this has got you here. Da, da, da. It's mm. a mix of things that have got you guys here, being the successful ballsy people that you are. <laughs> Huge balls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely. Well, this has been great. I've really, really enjoyed speaking to you all. And I hope, sincerely hope, I mean, I know that I'll see you, Tess, in the pub in probably yeah. a week or so. But I really hope that uh, we all get to cross paths again mm. in the future because I'd love to see how your careers unfold and just see, you know, what happens next for you guys. This is by no means, you know, well, I should say this is still as far as I'm concerned the infancy of your journey and I'm sure that's why Monster Energy are backing you all as well because they believe in you they know that you've got an amazing future ahead and I can't wait to see it so I hope that we will bump into you again uh, maybe a year or two or three or four or ten from now and have another conversation and say hey remember when we were sat around that table in Uxbridge talking about <laughs> talking about the, uh, those early challenges and, and look at look at where you've got to now so um, a huge thank you to every single one of you um, we wish you all the best with thank you. what happens thank next. You, yeah. Thank you. And um, yeah, can't wait to see it unfold. It's awesome. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> the Driven Chat podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Oh, wow. You've made it to the end. The very end and it's john markar here again reminding you that this podcast the driven chat podcast has now run its course and has come to an end to find the new format search the driven podcast in your preferred podcast app or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps thanks bye